0: Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Projected Opinions Podcast, the best movie podcast in under 20 minutes. This week, we are reviewing Ready Player One. And Player Two. Oh, sorry, Nathan. Uh, we are going to be reviewing the new Steven Spielberg blockbuster that finally hit this past weekend that a lot of people have been excited about, uh, tentatively excited about, uh rueing, and here we are finally back in theaters watching a Spielberg movie. So in just a couple of minutes, spoiler free, what did you think, Nathan? I think there's a tremendous amount of fan service in this movie.
1: Um, And I think it gets around the critique that a lot of people have when you have too much fan service in a movie, because that's a lot of the point. And it was written in to even the book. Um, And a lot of the fan service is different than in the book as well. So, by the way, if we spoil the movie, we will almost completely leave the book unspoiled because the plot is different enough that it's, it's almost not even the same story as far as I've
0: heard, um, besides the general premise. Yeah, neither of us have read the book. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> both of us uh, have friends who saw the movie and have read the book, and we have been informed that they are very separate
1: entities. And I'm okay with that, because books and movies can never truly inhabit the same story true, in a way that, that will satisfy the audience. So I'm okay with that being a separation. Um, but just understand that when we do get into spoilers, that's not even going to be a problem if if you want to read the book and remain unspoiled. Um, so I think in that aspect, it's it's a huge fan service movie. Um And it's also a nostalgia movie. It's got a lot to do with the 70s and the 80s. Um, If you grew up during the beginning of video games, or even if you were a 90s kid and you played a lot of games on your television back when you had to change to Channel (laughs) 3, you know, this is going to be a movie that kind of ticks a lot of boxes for you. So... Is that all? Did you I'm like it. Did you I wanna... I enjoyed it, but it's also not directed really at me. I was not a gamer growing up. Fair enough. Um, and so a lot of a lot of it I can appreciate because I've lived through other people doing it, but some of it will always be lost on me because I did not partake in a lot of the things that are in the movie. Um, I'd put it somewhere around maybe like a six or seven out of ten. Like it's a fun action movie. And there's a lot of references and there's another level of references if you understand the source material. Um, But for me, it's not like a huge masterpiece.
0: So for me, um, I'm going to put my cards on the table. I don't love everything that Spielberg has directed. So a lot of people say that like, hey, I I just hate Spielberg or hate good movies or both. Uh, That's not... True, I would like to think. False.
1: <laughs> he hates good movies.
0: <laughs> um, I, I was actually really intrigued by the premise of this film. Hadn't read the book. Uh, knew generally the synopsis of the book. And um, so I went into this pretty open-minded. Uh, I didn't love it. I think it's uh, not necessarily poorly directed, but definitely not adapted well, I would say. Like, the story just felt really wanting. I thought there were a lot of missed opportunities in world-building. I thought the message was convoluted. Uh, and we can get th- into that in spoilers. I thought the acting was okay. But probably only okay because the script was only okay. Um, I thought... The actual visual effects were phenomenal. Probably the best I've seen since Avatar. Uh, and I don't mean Avatar The Last Airbender. I mean Avatar by James Cameron. Uh, and this, I kept thinking, I can't imagine where you would start. Like, every single thing in multiple scenes is completely a digital creation. I'd say about 60% of the movie's entire Yeah, that's what digital. I would... I was going to go a little bit over 50, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of that is... You know, kudos to the digital effects team. I'm sure it'll be nominated for an Oscar for effects. Oh, yeah. Um, but other than that, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't love this film. I just rated it on IMDb as 6 out of 10. Maybe 7 out of 10. I don't know. I mean, for me,
1: the reason I would ever go as high as 7 would be because this is a movie for your feelings, not necessarily for the logical half of your brain um, because there are are some weird story logic problems that I started getting into Mm -hmm. especially towards the end like the the third act got me and I won't get into the spoilers now um, but it started changing character like the character's motivations actually started changing Mm -hmm. at the end and it really kind of bothered me Mm -hmm. Um, but I did enjoy seeing CG things that were not just there necessarily for the sake of being there, but because it was actually serving the story in the sense that a lot of times we'll see entirely digital set pieces sometimes because it allows the director to just go over the top. Mm -hmm. And there, there are certain shots in this movie where it's entirely just because of spectacle, and I understand that. Um, and, but and I'm okay with spectacle as I long am, as it means something. Like, but a lot of times it draws me, me out. Sometimes because I'm like, well, you can't do that in real life, and then um, it it kind of bothers me because sometimes it it makes me think more about how you would go about making it than actually
0: were the it. scenes that were completely digital more frustrating to you than the real life scenes as far as just like taking you out of the story? overall. No,
1: because in this movie I knew that it was, it was a digital world completely. And so that kind of didn't pose a problem in this particular movie, like movies that I would point out that I have real problems with would be like the Hobbit, for instance, where the camera is just like flying through caves, following people, you know, tumbling down uh-huh. things, and it's like physics isn't real. Nobody okay. can do that. Like that kind of CG, where it's just like, really? Sure. Um, so. And this, this was one. It did serve the story. the The entire world is digital, and it makes sense that you would be able to yeah. it's see v- it's, a digital world. It's immersive VR. It really is, and seeing it that way makes sense. And so, I enjoyed having the actual difference between the real world and not the real world. Like, you can tell. And that's okay. In this movie, it's meant to be that way. But in some movies where it's like, oh, and this is the digital stunt section of the movie where people mm-hmm. do things that can't actually occur
0: and there's no humans involved in See, the making. the thing that really bugged me were all the moments when we went back to real-life characters and storyline, um, not anything to do with the digital world, the, the VR world uh, that they created, um, it, it felt really stilted. There are many scenes where I was, like, um, taken out of the story because it felt so stupid. And I felt like I was being shown something like I was mm-hmm. too dumb. You know, like, it just felt like the story was treating me like an infant. Could you give me an example? Uh, So, there's... I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Uh, there's a scene where they show people in the streets with VR mm-hmm. uh, headsets and gloves and stuff like that and they're engaging on in all these digital worlds and they're it almost kind of looks like uh, uh, <laughs> a zombie mob because they're like interacting <laughs> they're just with us all running stuff, down yeah. the street and they're well they're not running down the street they're <coughs> like all like in a group just doing the things that are happening in their VR headsets uh, and that's completely ridiculous because you you can't like, yeah, you just run into each other and yeah, hit each other. You, and like, I mean, we saw no how can... absurd um, even augmented reality was with the Pokemon Go game. Uh, and people were like breaking legs as they are getting hit by cars or crashing into telephone poles. Because they're on aug- like augmented reality, by the way, versus VR. So VR is a complete digital world. Augmented reality is where your phone will like see the the real thing, like if you had a picture mode, and you would see the things on that picture, but then there's like a projection of a digital animation into the real world. And so if you're on your phone and you're doing the Pokemon Go game and you lift up the camera, you'll see like your friend in front of you and then behind them next to the table is this little Pokemon character and you're like, oh, I gotta catch it. Okay, well, when that game came out, people were in the streets uh, and they're they're looking at real life on their phone, and they're still like breaking legs and falling and hitting getting hit by cars. Let alone or, not
1: being able to see real life at all. Right, like just... having a headset on and
0: you're running around, you you're 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 dead. <laughs> like you can't do that. And yeah, I felt the death like, toll would be catastrophic. Yes, and uh, and also you can't expect to run in your VR world as far and like jump and do all these things, and expect those physics to and the senses that you're having in your VR take over what you're experiencing here on Earth. That's just not how that works. Which is why when you have
1: um, like some of the more personal setups that they have where you get in a full-body haptic suit and you put on the headset and the earphones and Mm. you have um, gloves and boots and you're on a treadmill that can run all the directions at different speeds and you have wires so you can jump and like something like that makes a lot more sense to interact in that world because it allows you to do things without moving Mm -hmm. and without risk of hurting yourself that more directly translate to the physics that you would actually experience and so I think it's weird to have people doing both it's like if you're going to have people running around the streets well one make that environment either realistic or just don't do it
0: yes i I think they were trying to make a point like right. they were setting something up and I, I think it was more it. of a cultural commentary um interesting we can get into that, but in spoilers yeah. in fact let's uh let's dive into spoilers we got about eight ten minutes here so let's let's talk spoilers starting right now it was okay
1: um, <laughs> I jumping back and forth between real life and the digital world of the oasis for me didn't kind of rub me as badly as it did for you until things started happening uh towards the third act when like you would shoot down like a line of enemy soldiers and they would all die in a line in the real world like weird things that like that doesn't yep. happen because everybody's not standing in the yes. line right. and then also in a suit and a line. Uh-huh. Um, and they did that. Every death scene that shifts back to the real world yeah. that shows the IOI soldiers, they do yes. that, and it really bothers me. Um, and then here's <laughs> here's my main gripe with the movie, and it's actually about the villain.
0: Played like, by Ben Mendelsohn.
1: Right. Great who, actor. Who I actually like, and um, shout out to Mark Rylance, who... Mm-hmm. As he's been in like these really big four movies in the past few years, um, through Spielberg and Nolan, I've really come to enjoy and appreciate a lot more because I really didn't know him before *Bridge of Spies* came out yeah. a couple years ago. Anywho, side note, uh, the the villain, right? He gets this gun, he gets in this truck, yes. and he tracks down uh-huh. Wade. Yeah. It's like okay, well at least he's committed. And then he gets there uh-huh. and he opens the door right. and he just lowers the
0: gun. Yeah. Because, it's, because and this is what you're supposed to believe, that he saw Wade experiencing something so beautiful that he couldn't take it away from him.
1: People don't do that, Matt.
0: I know. No, I'm not in you. That, and that bothers me. For a oh, world yeah. that tries to set up if, its If you're going universe, to have him not pull the trigger, it should be because he's a CEO. By the way, it takes me off that a CEO... I have like five things that I want to go over real quick. Yeah. Uh, that a CEO of a billion, no, trillion dollar company, whatever this is. Second largest Uh, company in the world, whatever it is. Uh, That he himself is going to go after this kid and shoot him in public. Uh, Also the fact that apparently he's the the only one that's capable of this, because
1: the people that actually do this for a living can't manage to capture this guy? His security team is
0: completely incompetent.
1: Uh, Yeah. That doesn't make sense. And he gets there and he just lowers the gun. And Mm. it's one... If that is the true motivation, it's not communicated very well, because he actually has no lines of dialogue at that point for the rest of the movie. Which is good, because his lines of dialogue were worse terrible, and worse and worse and, worse, and they, worse They were really bad writing. People are not like this character. True. And it, it very much bothered me that at the end it became a really family movie. Like... In the middle of the movie, there is innuendos all over the place. There is some rather harsh language thrown around. I was not ready for the F-bomb when it was dropped. It kind of reminded me, oh, yeah, we're allowed to do that in PG-13 movies now because I kind of forgot about it. Up to twice. Yeah. Now in a non-sexual way, I guess, is the limitation for (laughs) PG-13. Great. It's weird. Anyway, like things like that, it's like, okay, so this is kind of an adult film for nerds for those of us that uh-huh. grew up with all of these cultural references and then it gets to the end and everything's happy and the villain doesn't shoot anybody and like everybody lives happily Fall ever in love, after kiss the girl. and it but, okay. becomes perfect and I'm like ah! like the realistic ending there is he does shoot yeah and the kid or one of the one of the other members of the gang sacrifices themselves or people in the crowd have a I am Spartacus moment and they won't let okay. him get to the... Like, something yeah. like that happens. I know.
0: I can't believe they, they parted. Like, they just
1: parted ways. Like, they all showed up. Clearly, they didn't think that they were coming to not a fight. He's got a
0: gun. <laughs> yeah. He's
1: got 17 bullets. Like, you're fine.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. My five things, real yeah. quick. One. Uh, I hate how little time we get to spend in the real world building up. It's, it's supposed to suck. Like, the real world stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone is running into the Oasis Because it's apparently really really crappy In the real world We don't get to see that except for the stacks Everything else looks the same as it does right now You're in the streets and it looks Which like Which is not bad Like it looks it, fairly decent I mean it looks better than downtown Detroit did 10 years ago Let's be real honest So I, I think that that's really unrealistic And also kind of stupid uh, Two the, The villain has the worst motivation Of all time Like drives me crazy Mo- poor motivation, poor ability to carry out his plan, etc. So I'm unconvinced. We'll just say that. Three, uh, falling in love with the girl uh, in a cheesy, like, almost like kitty, you know, the good old Spielberg, E.T., Jaws. Yes, well, uh, we all knew Jones. that was going to happen. Uh, but, like, so, so contrived. It just felt super contrived. Four, um, and this is—we're getting to my, my big things. Uh, so the four was how everything in the real world and the uh, VR world seemed to, like, just happen to work out, and people in the streets could not, like, get hit by cars or, right, like, bump right. into each other and stuff like that. That was stupid. Speaking about contrived things, um, what really bothered me was in the third act,
1: like, it's so contrived to the point where he can't get the last key into the lock— because the van is swerving and stuff like that, where it's the van swerves at just the right time. And it's like, listen, it wouldn't have taken him that long to even put the key in there in the first place. Like, and it's not even the physics, because the physics technically checks out. Like, his body would be moving around, whatever. But it's, if that's your only way to heighten tension in the third act of a movie that has this much material to play with, you've done something wrong. Like,
0: if that's the mm-hmm. only way to heighten tension, uh,
1: because now I'm just kind of annoyed at the movie.
0: Yeah all right number five the 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 biggest pet peeve i had with this was how it wants to critique vr culture like this video game this immersive world that is completely digital how bad it is it's sucking people in people are addicted they can't get out don't live in that world live in the real world that's what's worth living for and yet and yet every single time they say you gotta fight for the oasis it's the only thing where that that you can be anyone you want to be, and that's the only thing that matters. Da, 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 da. And they want to have their cake and eat it too. So here's the deal. Either the real world sucks, and you should want to live in the VR world, and it's worth fighting for. Or you should say, hey, you know what's really important? Is living in the real world, forget VR. That's not what matters.
1: No, You, you and can't
0: have both. Yes. It, they can't both be worth dying for. That is really the biggest problem that I had, and that's,
1: so like, immediately upon exiting the movie, I was like, 7 out of 10, it's a decent action movie, like, you know, it's not terribly hard to follow, it has a ton of nerd stuff in it, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the longer I think about it, the lower my score gets, and I'm down to a 6 right now, Yeah. because its worldview is completely messed up, like, the message doesn't make sense and especially if you just look at runtime allocation. So we're saying like 60% of the movie's in the Oasis or something like that. At least. Well, right there, you're already telling me that the Oasis matters more than the real world. Right. Just straight up, that's not looking into anything any more than numbers can prove. Mm-hmm. You are telling me what matters mm-hmm. by how much time it gets. And the Oasis gets the time. But then you hear out of the characters' mouths, then the Oasis is not what's truly important. We're fighting... Right in the Oasis so that we can have what we want in the real world, and then you don't see any of that. Yeah. You only see the Oasis, and you also, you're right, everybody is only actually, to use the, the modern term that everybody's throwing around, self-actualized right. in the game. Right. You can't actually get that in the real world, right. which is supposed to be better. So, so either If you're going to have a message, you have to be consistent. Yes. He should have. If you're going to have the message of live in the real world, he should have hit the red button. He should have turned
0: it off yep. completely. He should have been like, this has destroyed so our lives. People. Yeah. Spend all this time and money towards bettering our real lives. That's what it should have ended with, and exactly. it's not. It was a glorification of VR fake self-actualization in this digital world that doesn't exist over... It was, it was doing that, and the only thing that brought you back to, like, the real world matters, matters is, one line at the end, kiss the girl. That, that is the dumbest thing. In Which is not a motivation for, like, living your
1: entire life. Like, that's not an entire worldview. Well, no. it is for some people, but those
0: people are if, not the people your you want to revol- model your life around. <laughs> if your life revolves around being able to kiss a person in real life versus VR you probably need to get different priorities in line. Just a few. I think, uh, to, to, to we're over time already. Let's, uh, let's wrap up. There has been a ton of, like, internet fighting about is this Spielberg's best movie? Is it his worst movie? And apparently there's no middle ground. I would like, however, (laughs) to submit that it's just an okay Spielberg movie. Not the worst, not the best. Nathan, your view?
1: I 100% agree. I saw an ad that said this is Spielberg's greatest work, and I I actually said out loud to my television, no, it is not. This is not a masterpiece. It is not a terrible movie. It is okay.
0: Yeah. All right, well, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget that we are online uh, on social media uh, as well as on YouTube. Uh, last week we went ahead and reviewed, had a special interview uh, about the shape of water. Go to our YouTube channel, uh, search Projected Opinions, and YouTube You should be able to get there. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all the other things, Instagram, etc. We're out there. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, uh, and more waiting to get on Spotify still. So uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll see you next time.